Is Ebola spiraling out of control in the DRC? Why does the country get repeatedly hit by the disease? Why are health workers not getting enough help? This is Inside Story. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Sami Zaydan. Doctors say they're terrified by the spread of the worst ever Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Now, more than 1,100 people have died since August. 1,760 cases have been reported, a fifth of them in the past month alone. Aid workers are calling for money and protection. In the country's east, fighting between armed groups is hampering efforts to contain the disease. Three people were killed last week in an attack on an Ebola treatment centre. The Red Cross says unless it gets more funding soon, it may be forced to dramatically scale back its operations within a fortnight. This is the face of uh, um, Ebola. In, in Africa, and, and for, for many who have been uh, following either the West Africa outbreak uh, or the current outbreak in, uh, in DRC. It's the mask and, and the, 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 the suit worn by people who are entering the communities and performing what we call safe and dignified burials of people who have uh, died because of Ebola. The situation is, is serious uh, in the sense that the, the scale and quality of activities that will be performed by, by Red Cross volunteers will uh, dramatically diminish within the next two weeks unless funding is, uh, is provided. Well, Ebola got its name from the Ebola River in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where the virus first appeared back in 1976. The latest outbreak there started in August and is the 10th in more than 40 years. Last year, one that lasted from May to July killed at least 33 people. And in 2014, at least 49 people were left dead. Separately, an outbreak in West Africa between 2013 and 2016 claimed the lives of more than 11,000 people. Back in 2007, more than 180 people were killed. Twelve years earlier, at least 250 died in a major outbreak. Let's bring our guests into the show now, then. We have uh, joining us on the phone from Kinshasa, Al Kitenge, a Congolese political analyst. In Newcastle in the UK, Stereos Moskos, an associate professor and geneticist at Northumbria University. And on Skype from Brussels, Axel Rontz, emergency coordinator for Doctors Without Borders, who was in the DRC before an attack forced her organization to suspend work. Good to have you all with us. If I could start with Stereos, what has prompted a resurgence of Ebola? The numbers I was looking at, 20% of all cases occurred in just the last three weeks. Why? I think the vast majority of that has to do with the way that the virus transmits between individuals in the community in the DRC right now that is affected. We have uh, very poor containment, we have very poor uptake of the vaccine, we have negative responses against the people who are offering their lives practically to go there and help the people that are affected by the virus and as a result of that transmission is uh, growing practically exponentially right now. That only leads to more questions. Let's bring Axel into the discussion. You were there until recently. 
Why do we have poor containment, poor uptake on vaccinations, poor global response? Um, yeah, this issue are bring by the fact that uh, we we are still not uh, able to to explain or to to have a population on board, and uh, and uh, people are afraid. Are still afraid of this uh, virus, and and we did not manage to uh, to have a, a population with with the, the trust and who can uh, who can help us to to fight. And uh, it's really, for the moment, it's more like a kind of a reticence. All the, the teams that are uh, acting uh, to fight Ebola, the repost team is uh, targeted by a different uh, uh, problem and, uh, and it doesn't help to contain the outbreak right now. Axel, I'm intrigued to know because it's been reported that there's a lack of trust between the local population and aid workers, as you mentioned. And you've been on the ground there. Tell us, Axel, from your experience, what breeds that lack of trust? Um, it's a bit difficult to explain because, if, like in any kind of uh, outbreak of this type, we need to... You, it's a new disease. It's a disease that is uh, really uh, uh, difficult because most of the people uh, die, you lost members of your families. And you really have to explain and being... Uh, in a proper link with the population, with the community, to explain them what is the, the disease, why they have to come in a treatment center, why uh, some people will die or not, why a vaccine can be a help, and all these things need uh, really to, to take time and not... Um, for the moment, what, what we have seen, it's become a bit too big and, and uh, the way that we, we go to the population is maybe a bit too tough and a bit... Uh, I would say too violent, and it's maybe the way that we 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 touch them that is not the right one, or maybe we do not take enough time, or maybe it's more difficult to to explain. But maybe the way that we address this to the population was not the, the appropriate for this uh, place. That that can uh, lead to so many other questions. I'll come back and pick you up later on some of those points you raised, Axel. I want to ask Aldo who is uh, joining us, of course, over the phone. You're in Kinshasa. What is it about the DRC that makes it so susceptible to being repeatedly hit by Ebola? Other countries, of course, have had Ebola outbreaks, but it seems the DRC in particular is in this cycle of Ebola outbreaks. Why? Uh, nobody can scientifically say why Ebola is going from the west to the east of Congo, but there is one thing becoming more and more clear that there is an Ebola business in Congo. And there is a huge frustration when you see the crisis management. You just can't understand why it's going that way. And the frustration today, and that's bringing the break between the population, the local population, and uh, the people on the ground, is due to the way money is mismanaged. Unfortunately, people don't see the circus on clearing the, the Ebola crisis and the focus of the uh, different people, should that be international civil servants or local political action or local civil servants, there is no focus on clearing the, the sickness and the clearing the, the crisis. And people are more and more involved in money and uh, it's becoming a serious crisis, which just breaks the confidence between the people and the people acting on the, on the ground. Stereos. What's to stop this disease now spreading once again across borders and not just being a DRC problem? 
That's a very good question, and I think we should all be very, very thankful that that hasn't happened as yet. I think, as the numbers indicate, the likelihood of this occurring is growing on a daily basis. Uh, the, the, the outbreak is very close to the borders right now, the eastern borders of the DRC, and uh, we know is very well from West Africa, from other parts of Africa, that these borders that are highly happening? porous. I know that the, go the governments of the surrounding countries have been prepared and they're putting in place preparations to watch for individuals that might come into the countries with symptoms. But uh, apart from that, I don't think that there is anything uh, as substantial and as well orchestrated as during the West African outbreak. Now that's particularly worrying, is it not? It is in a sense because uh, we haven't got uh, anybody on standby. Uh, at the moment. But the reality of the matter is, if we look at the timeline until now, the need has been in the DRC, not in the surrounding countries. And in fact, for the moment, and if we're looking at funding drying up in the next two weeks, the need remains in the DRC. Unfortunately, um, based on the local politics, and my limited understanding of that, it's not the DRC government that needs to respond. It's the local communities there that have less than 2% uh, trust if you like, to the central government. And as a result of that, anybody coming in in an SUV with expensive kit, etc., trying to do something, are almost automatically perceived as a hostile entity. They're not perceived as somebody that's turning up there to help them. I wonder, uh, Axel, do aid workers feel kind of abandoned right now? No, the health workers are not uh, abandoned, but the point is uh, it, it becomes really difficult for, uh, for them to work in a safe environment. For the moment, some of the team are targeted because they are part of the Ebola response. Then what is difficult to assure is the security of all the, those people working uh, like the health workers. And I think for the moment, especially in the area of Butembo, uh, it, it's a dangerous life to be part of, uh, of the response and, and this is really difficult for the health worker to work in this uh, dangerous environment. Well, Doctors Without Borders, your organisation, was forced to leave after an attack. Tell us about that. Um, and right in February, uh, our, uh, the two, health, uh, two treatment centres that we were supported uh, were attacked, one after uh, three days after the other one. And it's still not really clear who is uh, behind those uh, attacks. And then we had decided to suspend the activity in this specific uh, location because we still need to have a more uh, understanding of uh, who, who is behind and is it still risky to, to go back and to continue to work. We are really afraid for the, 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 our staff we are working with and then we have to give... Uh, we, we, we think it would be good to go back, but we still need uh, to understand a bit what is behind. And, and that today, it's still not really clear um, if it will be safe or not. But it means we are not anymore in those two places, but we are still working in some, some other area and we are still supporting uh, the response, but unfortunately not in those two uh, treatment centres. That's... Uh, it's... It's kind of mind-baffling. Uh, Stereos, you mentioned a moment ago that anyone showing up in an SUV with expensive kit is naturally perceived as a hostile entity. But, but explain to me why Stereos is still trying to, struggling to figure out why. Yeah. So my understanding of the local politics, which is very limited, 
indicates that the, um, the militias that operate in the northeast, some of them even are aff affiliated to the Islamic State, are highly independent and aggressive against the central government. The response to that is that anything that appears to come in from central government seems to be perceived as something negative. Now, very early in the outbreak, there were some local politicians that went out and said that Ebola is being brought in by the healthcare providers. And in fact, we've seen this before, when the healthcare providers turn up, the locals think that they bring Ebola. They're trying to bring the disease to annihilate the local populace or whatever you want to call it. Um, some people are even afraid of the vaccine that it's causing the disease, which I've looked at what the vaccine is made out of. That's physically impossible. So to, to try and um, look at it from a clinical, almost academic point of view, where we sit here, you know, in the West, thinking, oh yeah, this doesn't make sense. You're absolutely right, it does not make sense to us. But to them, that's the enemy coming in, trying to harm them. And that's the rich enemy in a very deprived part of the world, looking like they're turning up to fix things. Fix for whom? For them? They don't see this immediately. They see their, their people taken ill away, uh, two-thirds of them turning up dead, not being buried according to their local customs. And we saw this in West Africa as well. Unless you go in and talk to these people and explain to them what's going on, so that they understand and assimilate the know-how and give it to their communities, we're back to square one again and again and again. And we get to this point of, of violence. This happened in Sierra Leone. It's happening again. Al, are political forces trying to manipulate people's understanding, the sort of information about what health workers are doing for political gain? No, the truth is that it's not a political game, it's a business game. Um, everyone is saying that the focus is not on the clearing the Ebola crisis. The focus is on spending money. The more they spend the money, the more some people can pocket it. And it's just really putting people in a very bad shape. And that's why you see people think they are not responsible in the way they do and manage the crisis. That's exactly why we're having different people acting different ways. So tell us a little bit about how you see what the problem is then that's making local communities, if it's not a matter of political manipulation, what is making them lose faith in health workers? The, the, the local community is just observing the way people act in this crisis management, and they can see that the more the, the crisis is put in the agenda, the more there is money, the more they spend money on nothing else than doing the, the management of the crisis. And people can see how many cars people do buy and how they stand and how they behave. And it doesn't show that people are focused on the management of the crisis. And it, it puts people in a condition where they think this is just something made to make money. That's the perception. So the, the perception is that the foreign organizations that are coming in are benefiting more than the local population from some of these programs? Is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely. And again, they do not use local uh, staff. They don't use local resources. And the people think this is always made to make money and to bring money out of the country. Well, let's bring Axel into that. You've been on the field. Um, how do you respond to those suggestions, Axel, that the perception is it's just a money-making operation for the foreign organizations themselves, and perhaps the local people aren't benefiting as much. Yeah, I think the perception is like this, you are right, but it's also not only the, the foreign organization, but also the people from uh, Congo, but not from this uh, area. And, uh, 
and then it's true that the way that it's perceived by the population it's uh, just a big uh, money stuff then it's really important and it's what we try to do with uh, my organization it's uh, when we are working on this area we we have to uh, hire people from the area and and try to participate and to to have them on board but here you know for this outbreak it's a bit different than in the past we have so many different actors uh, and uh, maybe a bit too many uh, for sure and it's a bit difficult to understand who is doing what and uh, and and for sure it's I, I totally understand that it's perceived like that by the by the community, and uh, it can be one right, issue. So why is it perceived? Why is it difficult to figure out who's doing what? Is there no coordination amongst the organisations? Is there no sort of process whereby they're registering? One assumes with the central government that's coordinating the effort. There is a coordination, and the central government is, is doing this. But there is also it's a, it's like a, a, a huge amount of people and. You know, you can have uh, so many different teams going to one village. One team will come maybe to to find a, a patient. One team will come to pick up the patient. And after that, you will have another team that will come to ask some question. And after another one to do the vaccination. And then it's just like a, a lot of people coming with... Is there uh, a lot of wasted effort and resources? Uh, wasted, I don't know, maybe not well, uh, not well organized or not well... It could be... Um, well, we need a lot of resources because you see it's a, it's an outbreak, but maybe a bit better organized and not uh, working as different uh, silos, but being like a holistic approach could be could be maybe something that will that will be perceived a bit less uh, uh, violent or a bit less uh, money consuming from uh, the population. Yes. Stereos, the, the figures talk about things like 130 attacks on health facilities between January and mid-May of this year. That's according to the European Commission. With that sort of, if that's the direction the curve is heading, can we really talk about any serious intervention without thinking about perhaps a security intervention? So this, as far as I'm concerned, that's the biggest risk. The moment you put boots on the ground, as that phrase goes, the moment you bring soldiers uh, into play, the more this kind of intervention will look more like a military attack as opposed to a humanitarian effort. Now, I've, I've met the people, I know the people that go out into these countries. They volunteer, they go away from the families, they go away from the workplaces, the children, to go out into highly risk um, situations, putting themselves at risk of catching Ebola. And we've seen instances of Western health workers that had to be repatriated uh, due to exposure to Ebola or other diseases as well that, that are just not commonly known due to the, um, the media focus on Ebola. And all these people are trying to do, they're trying to help. They know from previous experience that local resilience is necessary. The problem is that we have such a, dis such a disparate, we have such a environment players as our colleague from msf have pointed out come into doubt and they're all trying to get a piece a slice of that pie they hear the big numbers they think that this is a numbers game this is only part of the problem people will not willy-nilly attack and set on fire healthcare provision centers there are additional factors there and there are western officials that have come out and said People go in with malaria to these treatment centres and because the response is not appropriate, adequately resourced, they are not 
carefully looked after and they walk out with Ebola. Now, you don't want that for anyone. That you don't scandalous. want the local staff how, how can catching Ebola. Like that and many of the local even healthcare be happening, workers... It is. Someone goes in with ma is. malaria and comes out with Ebola? Yes, it's very possible because this is such a disease that transmits with body fluids. All it takes is for you to be exposed on somebody else's body fluids and you can catch the disease. But, but Thank goodness, a, we have no evidence center, to date that I, to I suggest can, that it's a airborne disease. I can disease. see Axel is shaking her head. I want to bring your perspective into this, Axel. Um, you know, cases where people walk in with, a, with malaria end up with Ebola. How can that be happening in, in a health center? Then... The initial symptom of uh, Ebola are a bit like uh, symptom of all the disease, uh, tropical disease that you can you can have, uh, like malaria. But what happened now is uh, it seems that among some health structure, you have people that uh, get contaminated by going there. And as, exactly as my colleague explained, uh, the colleague explained, you have uh, the patient is feeling sick and he goes to the health center with any kind of disease, and because there is a a transmission that we still do not really understand. Is it coming from another patient? Is it the car, the health worker that is, uh, in a way, transmitting the disease through, I don't know, gloves, hand, or any kind of tools? And then this patient who came with a, a, a disease that could be malaria uh, will catch uh, Ebola by being uh, in, in this uh, specific health center. It's why there are a lot of the activities are the ways to target those health centers. Are we talking about health centers operated by international organizations where this, these sorts of things are happening? Uh, it's, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, in this area, you have a lot of health centers, practitioners, uh, but they are the usual one, and then it's uh, in those ones that you can catch the disease. And now you have an organization and some people try to, to help those centers by providing right. some some material and some training to have a proper uh, prevention and control of the, any kind of disease. Like the basic things that you should have in any kind of uh, treatment of a uh, health center. Right, it sounds like some standards uh, need uh, looking at there then. I think we've just got a, a minute and a half left and I want to give it to Al. Uh, looking at things from, from the perspective on the ground there in Kinshasa, if Providing security, as Stereos is saying, is not a good idea that will only make the health effort look more militaristic. What is the solution? Outreach? What sort of outreach could international organizations do to local communities? The most important thing when international uh, operators come in the field is to understand how socially people do interact. If you don't understand people, you cannot treat then you cannot bring them solutions. So appropriation is something very important. The only way to do things and to be efficient is to be together with the local people, understand them and listen to them, and only that can help you be able in a kind of uh, good understanding and make sure that what you do will take and give results. Today, it's kind of uh, machinery coming from we don't know where, and in doing things people don't understand. At the end of the day, it brings suspicious situation, and they think it's all about money. And if on top of that, the, the focus is not, and the behavior, the way people do behave, is not showing that people are very serious about the Ebola crisis, then it brings right. what it brings today. Right. Thank you very much to our guest then, Al Kitenge, 
Stereos, Moscos, and Axel Rons. And thank you too for joining us. You can see the show again anytime by visiting our website, aljazeera.com. For further discussion, head over to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash AJ Inside Story. You can also join the conversation on Twitter. Our handle is at AJ Inside Story. From me, Sami Zaydan, and the whole team here for now, it's goodbye. <laughs>